Hey there all you DC comic book fans. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. And this is episode number 80. I know all this because I'm your host Seth Singleton. And this week just like every week, we dive into my top 5 picks from DC Comics. I give you a little insight, some highlights. We take an ad break. When it's all said and done, you have 5 books to consider. And maybe let me know whether or not you agree or disagree with. First up up on the offering is Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Hush Number 1. The writing from Philip Kennedy Johnson, who, if you've listened in the past, has made appearances on this program with great content like The Last God and some other fun stories recently. His story is matched with art from Dexter Soy, pencils from Sergio Davila, and inks from Matt Santarelli. Ivan Placencia provides the colors, ALW's Troy Pateri with the letters, and a quite intimidating cover from David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. Now, there is a story in the legacy of Batman that's known as Hush. But as our regular host to Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Tempest Fugonaut is happy to remind you, just because we know the story as it came to be in the multiverse we've known for so long, Tales from the Dark Multiverse is the twisted version of that story. And what we get in this version is a Gotham that is like a country unto itself, ruled by the elite, the successful, and haunted by the memory of the tragedy that seems to rarely be avoided in stories containing the Wayne family. Now, Thomas Elliot is a name fans will know from Hush, but they're going to hear and see a different side of that story. Along the way, the appearances of characters who have been familiar in one representation, from Jason Todd to Dinah Drake to Harvey Dent, Oswald Cobblepot, and Talia al Ghul. How do they all fit together? Well, their timelines have been changed, their histories as well, their motivations, and yet there are still so many similarities to the world that we do know. Among them, an Arkham with a dark secret, a taunting Riddler, and the mysterious death of the last remaining Wayne, who was said to have been a vegetable, and yet somehow also a victim of testing by the, well, nefarious doctor at Arkham. And the thing that he helped create through his practices at that hospital, has been unleashed on Gotham. Thomas Elliot is caught between a unknown villain, or at least pursuer, a team of outsiders manned by a few familiar faces, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, as well as a new legacy for one known as Grayson, <laughs> the first Grayson, and whose role is connected to a higher authority and a ruling element 
in Gotham. It's visually intriguing and invites questions about how much more of this history we might get to one day explore. Something I always enjoy about the Elseworlds or Tales from the Dark Multiverse or any other alternative version of the events we know is when it suggests so much through one story and its history and yet hints only at bits and pieces of other characters and their stories. There's a lot of intrigue, a lot of mystery and questions, and there is the patterned unraveling of at least one powerful figure. A few more are set to fall, but how they do and how that comes into play with this story is a treat and a treasure for fans to enjoy, one I will encourage and recommend, if only for the changes it suggests and the way things in so many situations continues to stay the same. I love this new casting of the characters, familiar faces and new roles, Beautiful shading lines and tints, whether it's Gotham, whether it's dark cavernous caves, or whether it's a, another color scheme altogether. Perhaps one that feels familiar because of its nostalgia, or reflective because of its history and significance. I thought this was a great book, and I love when these tales from the dark multiverse push the boundaries of a story just by changing enough details to then send everything else spinning outward like a cyclone, twisting up what we know, changing the landscape, and then leaving us to follow a path of chaos, devastation, and along the way, heartbreaking stories that never seem to have much of a happy ending, especially in the Dark Multiverse. That's my take on Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush number one. I'm curious to hear yours. I think it's a five out of five pick, but your thoughts are something I can't wait to hear as well. But I can't linger for too long, so we're going to go ahead and move into my second choice as I lean back in the squeaky chair. Now, book number two is something I've really been mesmerized by since its previews and first issue. And Hellblazer Rise and Fall number two fits perfectly into this second slot with a great story from Tom Taylor with art by Derek Robertson, colors by Diego Rodriguez, lettering by Darren Bennett. And not only a fun and tantalizing original cover by Derek Robertson and Diego Rodriguez, but an equally fun and vibrant variant cover from J.H. Williams III. Now, when last we saw our, well, not quite hero, but our subject of the story, Mr. John Constantine, he had a visitor on his doorstep, and he awakens to a surprise, a possibility of events unfolding from the night before, and the impact that they had on a conversation, the gift of a stranger and a guest, followed by 
suggestion on John's part that they enjoy something a bit stronger. It looks like uh, Lagavulin, but at the same time, it's just a little different. You'll have to see the image to catch what the difference really is. But the teasing from the devil only extends so far, and what's suggested on the opening pages is revealed to be nothing more than play on the part of a well-known prince. The sad part is that reality must take place and a series of crimes that have been haunting the local streets for a few days now and have been covered by local constabulary Aisha, who is a childhood friend of John's, is marred by the discovery of the death of a well-regarded inspector who's been in prison, forced to leave behind a message, and also to disclose to John a secret and a tragedy that makes him something of a companion of John's for a time, which probably is something John won't mind since he and Aisha have to go back into John's past, their past, a tragedy that he committed, a punishment he is suffering for, the results of which that are now haunting him, and how because of this, even the devil is in danger. Now, along the way, there are some amazing turns in this story, some great moments where we see just what happens when you mix it up with someone like Satan, but also how important it can be for those who believe in him and what they're willing to do just to have the chance to be seen or get a picture taken with him. Now, that's not all there is to the story. and Tom Taylor has no problem pushing the possibility, including John kicking a young boy between the legs on the street in public. The why and the how are for you to discover. I will share. This is a really fun, righteous romp that feels just as unholy and unrighteous as you might want it to. But along the way, John is a bit of the annoying piece of crumpled clothing in the corner of the bar, which he's compared to and described as smelling like but he perseveres. He is like a cockroach, never quite destroyed. And for all the good it provides for moving the story forward and helping where it can, it also means that he creates more than a few enemies, and one of whom makes a haunting suggestion on the final page. I love the setup, the development of this story, the great shades from outdoors, indoors, John's apartment, an alleyway, a very quintessential family life, and the gray walls of an interrogation room. There is so much to be enjoyed from the words, to the colors, to the pictures, to the pages. I have really enjoyed sharing Hellblazer Rise and Fall number two with you is my second choice. And I'm curious to hear what you think about this five out of five pick from me. With that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and keep in mind 
that after our second book, we usually have to take that oh-so-important ad break. So I'm going to pause my talking for just a moment, let the great team at the home office here at DC Comics News catch you up on all the great things we have coming your way, whether it's content or so much more for you to know about. We always want to make sure that you have a chance to keep up with what's in store here at DC Comics News. When it's all over, we'll be right back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. See you in just a few. Hi everyone, I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it, here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Cougar. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Wow, did you catch all of that? 
it's okay if you didn't. All you have to do is hit that 15-second rewind button. Make sure you've had a chance to jot down all the notes you need for all that great info we like to keep you up to date on. And now, back to our third, fourth, and fifth choices here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 80. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and my third choice for this week is Superman, Man of Tomorrow, number 19. In a story titled World's Vilest, written by Dave Weagles, art by Jorge Corona, colors by Matt Lopes, letters by Clayton Cowles, and a lot of fun for me in this great story that reminds me that sometimes the best stories, the best conversations can begin with an argument, one in which Superman has taken on the role of chastiser and Batman the role of chastisee, or he who is being chastised. And it has a little something to do with how things are done and the familiar ways that have come to represent Batman and Superman's approach and how that so often clashes. The conversation, argument, depending on your view, is interrupted by an interdimensional rift detected outside of the watchtower from multiple worlds the many versions of batman and superman arrive and you've got everybody from ultraman and bizarro batmite uh superman from the sixth dimension uh superman might <laughs> at some point it becomes a little silly and the fun part is that since Batman and Superman were just in the middle of a discussion, potentially heated, they decide to take advantage of this opportunity and to take on the opposites, therefore taking out their frustrations or disagreement on these invading counterparts. Now... There are some great moments here, whether it's Superman saying, let's enter a room with red sunlight and see whether or not you guys can take me down. Or it's Batman providing just so many moments when he is able to outthink the opposite supers that have invaded. Now, there's of course a few more twists in this story for you to enjoy, and I want you to enjoy them, so I shall not be spoiling them, but I will let it be known that not only are there some absolutely lovely color schemes, but also so many of these penciled lines, so many of these great shades, they, they feel like combinations of Things we've seen before. I swear at moments, I think I'm seeing a, a cross between Mike Mignola and uh, Frank Miller. And then I don't. But there's hints of other things that I've seen from other great artists. And the blend and the twist, the panels that are background of pale yellow and red sunlight and so many other fun tints and tinges, it really adds to... A bit of the absurdity, a bit of the comedy, a bit of the wild and wacky fun. And then right at the end, 
Not only do we get a great appearance by a great group who are there to make sure justice is assured for all across all timelines, but also a resolution, if not a pause, to the conversation that opened the issue. One that feels like it's got all the expected and unexpected you could ask for. I know it worked great for me, and that's why Superman Man of Tomorrow number 19 was my third choice, and another great 5 out of 5 pick. Now for my fourth choice, I picked a story, a book that reminds me what is so wonderful about writers with imaginations who are willing to just pursue the most interesting lengths, who are willing to pick up uh, the unlikeliest tangents and turn them like Rapunzel or Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, I think it's Rumpelstiltskin I want more than Rapunzel. And now that I'm sticking with my thought, Rumpelstiltskin taking that tangent like straw, spinning it into gold, and the joy we all get to experience because of it. So what brings me to all that? What am I talking about without saying its name? I'm talking about Sweet Tooth, The Return, Chapter 1, by Jeff Lemire, the creator, writer, and artist whose great return to a classic character from just a few years ago, maybe a few more, depending on when you've heard of it. And if you've never, it's a great hint or suggestion to something that you can explore either while reading this or when you're done or pick it up and save it for later. But the amazing work from Jeff Lemire is supported by Jose Villarubia on the colors, Steve Wands providing the letters, Lemire and Villarubia providing the main cover with a really gorgeous Jim Lee and Alex Sinclair variant cover. You're going to be hard-pressed to narrow down just which one you're taking with you. I know I would be. It's, it's really a treat. I do know that I was caught by the fact that one of the first things in this story is a timestamp of 300 years later. Now, if you know about the previous Sweet Tooth, you'll be familiar with how it ended and the suggestion that this is 300 years later from that. But that doesn't mean that's where we are. And a vague uncertainty becomes part of a running theme throughout this book. The discovery of a skeleton who shares so many of the skeletal features that one would attribute with Sweet Tooth, our good friend Gus from the original series known as Sweet Tooth, who has a story that has been told before. And in this version, there's a sense of what came before and how this is both the same and yet very different. Those similarities and differences create a conflict in the desires of young Gus and the man he's come to know as his father. But something about that conflict within Gus has led him to strike out on his own, to push beyond the boundaries he's been told exist. Boundaries he has actually seen for himself extend beyond where he has been allowed to explore. And when he makes a final push to go where he knows he should not go, 
but can't seem to resist pursuing, he not only discovers what he hopes for, what he believes he remembers, but also finds himself unable to return and faced with a future that reminds him of a past that feels so very familiar and yet so very different. It's a, a lovely take on a story that is aware that it's referencing itself, and yet at the same time, is clearly charting a new direction. How Jeff Lemire will explain a continuity, a cyclic quality that exists within this version of Sweet Tooth and its connection to its predecessor, but also what can be said for stories that we think we know and how they can be retold in new, fresh, and imaginative ways by their own creator. If you haven't considered it before and you're a creator, a writer, an artist, this is something that I plan on keeping in mind, and I would love to hear your thoughts as well, how we can make it more a part of the stories that we've told only one way and can be told in so many others now is part of the, the beauty and wonder that Sweet Tooth The Return suggests. Those are all the reasons I think it's a beautiful 5 out of 5 book. It's gorgeous to look at. It's so much fun to read. It has so many of those very singular and specific qualities that identify the art and story as one of Jeff Lemire's. But the colors and the hues are clearly taken in the hands of someone who is saying, I see what you see, but here's what else I see. The gift for you as the reader is something that I'm looking forward to hearing more about. And this is a great story I'll be adding to my collection. But there's still one more book to share. And for that fifth and final book, I have chosen Strange Adventures, Director's Cut Number 1 science fiction story by Tom King, Mitch Gerards, and Evan Doc Shaner. Now, I've been lucky enough to share a couple of issues from this series with you here on the Spinner Rack, but there's a different reason why I chose to include this book this week. Much like Sweet Tooth the Return shows us what's possible and can be a great learning manual, if not resource, for any writer, artist, comic book fan, student of the craft, I really think that Strange Adventures, Director's Cut Number 1, is one of those gifts where talented, immensely talented people like Tom King and Mitch Gerards and Evan Shaner are willing to let you behind the scenes and view the process the way they see it in the stages that you might hear about or know about if you work within the industry, but if you don't, this book shows you the panels and the pages simply drawn with only black and white pencils, inks, and shades. And following every one to two pages is a script breakdown that tells you everything from panel to text to colors to perspectives, and it's such an insight that if you were to choose to study comic books or knew someone who wanted to learn about writing and drawing for comics, 
this would be one of those books where I would say, look, it's like getting a chance to read the script of a movie you love if you want to go into writing or making movies in some way. Understanding how the process looks, what the rough versions can be, or even what the template is that the story is being told from. Director's Cut number one shows you what a professional comic book script from a series that is highly acclaimed and from an award-winning team. And through that, it allows you, as a student of the craft, as a fan of the writing, as someone who's trying to figure out how to model your craft, it's this great resource that shows you exactly how it's done. And <laughs> it's so well done that I'm simply in awe of these pages that feel like they're just gold, that if you use them in the way that they're capable of, you could really probably find some beautiful insights into how to tell some of the best comic book storytelling out there, how to write some of the best comic book stories out there, and how to put them in a way where they're guaranteed to catch the reader's eye, just like this story does so well. And I'm reminded of how important it is for an issue number one to captivate the reader. And reading through this script, it brought that all back to me in a very fresh way, while at the same time showing me things that I can understand better now. And as a comic book fan, as a writer, as a storyteller, I'm, I'm really grateful for it because I feel like it's, man, it's just one of those rare things where when someone shows it to you and you can take it to heart and keep it in mind for the future, the only limits to that possibility are you, I, and the imagination. Who knows what we can come up with, right? And with that, Strange Adventures Director's Cut number one is my fifth pick, a five out of five pick. And the last book on this episode of DC Comics New Spinner Rack. It's been episode number 80, and I've been your host, Seth Singleton. And I really want to thank you for joining me. I'm recording this on a day when so much has been going on in our lives, and when it seemed like so much was getting in the way of my recording this episode. And now that I am, I'm really grateful that it's occurring now, when I can feel like I've got a lighter heart, and that I can share these stories with you. Simply thankful of the fact that I can breathe a little easier, and maybe stumble over my words a little less or just as much as I usually do. This has been DC Comics News Spinner Rack number 80. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. If you want to reach out to the team here about any of the books I've picked or about anything you know about anything we do, all you have to do is find us on your favorite social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube. Just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's at Capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do that, let's the whole team here know what you're thinking, what you want us to know, what you want to bring our attention to. And we get the chance to hang out with you and hear your thoughts, words, and so much more. You can also, of course, make sure that you never miss out on an episode like DC Comics News Spinner Rack or... Uh, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast by hitting that subscribe button 
on the podcast platform you're listening to. If you already have, remind a friend. If you've already done that, tell a stranger. But, you know, if they want you to leave them alone, then just, you know, leave them alone. But tell somebody if you can. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. It makes sure that you'll always get in your feed new episodes of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, new episodes of great programming like our DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. We cover all the news and information from movies, television, comics, and more. You can catch great episodes of Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) And that great show is a chance for the gang to get a little raunchy talking about a very adult-themed show and all the laughter and wonderful insights it offers that we get to share with you. There's also episode-by-episode shows like Batman, the animated series, in the form of I Am the Night, hosted by our very own Mr. Steve J. Ray. And just by making sure that you've subscribed, you'll be ready to catch great new content that's sure to be coming your way. Those are all the ways to do it. That's all the stuff you get. Follow us on at DC Comics News. Subscribe to the DC Comics News Network on your podcast platform. And you're pretty much set for all the DC Comics news that's out there. This has been a great time hanging out with you. If you want to find me, Seth Singleton, you can always catch me on Twitter as One More Singleton. You can find me on Instagram as Seth the Writer, but my dogs, Bruno and Fiji, are much cuter. And You can always just type my name, Seth Singleton, and the word story into a search engine and see what you find. When you do, don't hesitate to send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking or anything else that's on your mind. I'm generally around, and I love to hear a great story. In the meantime, I can't wait for the next chance to hang out with you and talk about my top five picks right here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Until then, read. More comics. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you soon.